Good evening. Welcome to the, the Midnight, Midnight Blood, Blood Hour. Hour. We are your hosts, Will and Lady Irene. Hope you enjoy. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, completely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Warning, the following podcast may contain explicit language, graphic discussions of death, sexual violence, and child abuse, which some may find offensive and may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, Midnight Owls. As you remember, in our first episode of our Angel Baby series, we we're in the middle of poor baby Brianna. Now, before we continue, there was actually another incident um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, I wanted to kind of touch base on really quick since this just took place last week on Friday, April 23rd. According to KRQE News, a Las Cruces bus, school bus driver received a note from one of their children. The bus driver, upon reading this note, called 911 immediately. What was in this note? Well, the children's mother, after having been abused all night by her children's father, was allowed to take her children to the bus stop. That's when she took her chance to write a note stating she was in danger and asked her kids to hand the note to the bus driver. When the Las Cruces PD arrived at the woman's home, they found her with several cuts, bruises, and abrasions. Allegedly, the father, 40-year-old Eric Alvarado, took the woman's phone, then proceeded to beat, strangle, and suffocate this woman, who was the mother of his three kids. He made her stay by his side all night so she couldn't get help, and according to investigators, they also learned he threatened to kill her. Officers arrested Alvarado, and he was charged with three third-degree felony counts of aggravated battery against a household member, two for suffocation and one for strangulation. He's also facing misdemeanor counts of battery and deprivation of uh, property. So, as you can see, this is a pretty big thing here in New Mexico, and this is, we get reports like this, what, daily almost, seems like, right? Yeah. Pretty constant. Was he still in jail, or is he out on bail? Um, the last I saw, he had, they hadn't said anything if he was out on bail, um, that's, I just saw that he was arrested, but... That's the crappy part here, they didn't make a big old deal about it, but then they let him right out. After 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours, so usually like, they'll let him right out. What's the point? And then that you even know. puts the mom in even more da- danger because then he's well, out yeah, to... Yeah, you know he's going to go whip her ass after Well, battery's <laughs> out to kill her at that point because he's pissed. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, they can arrest him, make a big deal, but they let him right out. Well, especially he was his intentions was to kill her to begin with. You can imagine as soon as he gets out, what's going to happen. Yeah, because yeah, all I can do is give her a restraining order and a piece of paper don't protect you. Yeah, a piece of paper that says, they you can't come you. near me. Yeah. And so you go call the cops and you know how long it takes for the cops to arrive. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes never. Yeah. So, anyway, moving on uh, with uh, our Angel Baby series. As you can see, child abuse and domestic violence are huge here. Um, In fact, April 25th was Blue Sunday. So, if you haven't had a chance to, please say a prayer. Take a moment of silence in honor of the victims of, of child abuse. Together, maybe we may be able to save some of these angels from their own personal nightmares. So the more people willing to talk about this, then we can bring the stigma that prevents people from reporting these crimes. All right, so baby Brianna. When we last left, she had just went over her night of hell that led up to her death. Now, of course, Stephanie had called 911 and reported that baby Brianna had fell from her high chair. When baby Brianna arrived at the ER, she had bruises and bite marks on her body and head and appeared lifeless. Now, everything that I'm about to go over kind of goes over what we what we went over, what happened that night, but it seems like it's in a lot more detail. It was in um, some court documents I found of uh, the case against Stephanie. Now, there were several attempts to made 
made to resuscitate her, but they proved unsuccessful and she was pronounced dead. And get this, Stephanie called and said the baby had fallen from the high chair, right? Well, she told the doctor and nurse at the ER that she had fallen out of bed as if that would explain the injuries better than the high chair. (laughs) Now, I tell you. It's just, I don't even know what to say about the whole situation because you know what? I know they're trying to like create awareness and all that stuff, but it it really just doesn't suck because it's the people. Yeah. I mean, you don't know how somebody is and then all of a sudden this kind of crap happens and say you do report it right away. Okay, so it happened and then they move on. He's just going to do it to the next person. That's the people. I don't know why they do it. Especially here. It's like... If they have... Is it a mental issue that they have or like... Well, remember the lady we used to live down under at the apartments? Which one? The one over there at the I'm park. I'm not going to say her name, but yes, I know. Yeah. We'll just call her... Remember the kids used Karen. to run back and forth uh, all night long? And CYFD would not do a damn thing? We yes. called and called and yeah. remember I found both the, the little girl and the baby. He was, <clears> what, <throat> maybe a year or two and they're over there yeah. walking outside the street. By yeah, by themselves. By in his diaper. And she, the little girl perk. had no clothes on either. They're just walking outside in the street. Uh-huh. Well, I remember I even had an issue with them one night. Yeah, I remember that. that. What was that weapon that guy brought out? He was trying to show me. I don't even remember what remember? it was. And then he, he got all mad. He, yeah, he came out and he was standing there because I was cleaning out the car. And he's standing there trying to show me his... Because I got in an argument with her. And I guess she went and told her boyfriend. So he was outside, I guess, trying to scare me or something. You know, He's like, oh, yeah, look at this. Look at that. I was like, okay, and? Yeah, that doesn't really do much for you. Well, I called the cops on that, and so they like, okay. actually came. Really? All of a sudden, it was an entirely different story. And the next day, they acted like nothing happened. Remember, yeah. they were all, like, our best friends. Yeah, because I don't know if he was, I was supposed to get, like, all scared of him or stuff, trying to show me his weapon. I was like, okay, and? and? Like, he didn't say nothing. And then, of course, she's standing there being an idiot. And I was like, you know, he's need to shut up already. Yeah. Because it's amazing. I think CYFD even went to their house, didn't they? Yeah. And they didn't do a damn thing. Well, and then finally the mom had went and got custody of not only the kids, but her as well because of her mental issues. Yeah, well, because remember it was saying like they were doing WWF shit at 1 o'clock in the morning. Remember remember I went up there and I was able to walk into the apartment because the door was open. Yeah, and I was looking for the mom. Completely and unsupervised. The, the mom was passed out on the bed, and the kids are unsupervised, just running back and forth. Yeah, like, she just didn't give a damn. No, it was, I don't know what was wrong with well, that I lady. feel bad for those kids, because I remember Damien, that one day I took him to McDonald's, and we got a Happy Meal. I think we got something for us, too, I think. I don't remember exactly. But the look on those kids' face when they saw his Happy Meal. Yeah. They were like, oh, like, almost in envy. Yeah, and had we known... You know, gotten him something. Yeah, if I had known, I'd have got a couple of Happy Meals and gave them to those kids. But yeah. you know, I didn't know. I didn't Tell realize, you, you know, Happy Meal was such a big thing until I saw the look on that little boy's face. And what's crazy is, you know, with as much bad. as we knew what was going on, can you imagine everything we didn't know? Yeah, who knows? Before we moved there, this has probably been going on for their entire life. Well, when I had talked to her mom later at Smith's, that uh, was a few months later when I saw her at Smith's, she said that yeah. it was still going on, that they were at a new apartment, and that she was about to be evicted from there, too. Yeah, it was just, it's a constant thing with her. Well, it seems like with most of these people, they just don't seem to... But, I mean, the bad thing of it is, is it's just going to be the same thing for those kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be the same exact thing, unless by some oddball chance, they're actually able to break the cycle of the family issue. But nine times out of ten, they just repeat the same patterns. Yeah. It does. Yeah, no, because it takes at least one person growing up not liking how they grew up to actually and break this. It. Yeah, to and break actually, the cycle. didn't she have an older little boy that was over there and he? Yeah, he was taking care of them. Remember? He was taking care of. Them. He's like, I'm trying. He's, like, I want to go to the. He was army like what, or thirteen something. or something? Fourteen. No, he was like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, well, he was young. I remember he was still because really he's young. Because he's like, I plan to go to the army when I get out. High and then he wanted. But he, I'm scared for these kids. Yeah, and remember? he said he wanted to get guilty. custody of them. And, and this was a little uh, kid himself. He shouldn't be he worried about that. Shit. Because I remember he's like, the only thing that worries me is when I go away, what's going to happen to them? Yeah. But I want to be able to do this to take care of them at the same time. So, I mean, what kind of guilt is that at 15 years old? I, th- I don't even think he was 15. I really yeah, no. don't. I think he was younger than that from what I remember. He was just, he was young. It was like, I mean, he's trying, but. Well, and he, he was even there, remember, with the incident with his dad. And he was trying to get his dad to go back upstairs. Yeah, he was embarrassed. 
And everybody was complaining about this kid, remember, saying, oh, he's a troublemaker. And I saw him as completely different. Someone is trying to do what he could They just for think his he's family. a troublemaker because he's associated with that family. Yeah, but he, he was but, trying everything he could. Like, yeah. he was... But, I mean, all kids are going to do a little dumb shit, so, I mean, give him a little bit of a break if he did. But, I mean, he genuinely has a decent head on his shoulders. And he cared for those poor kids. You know, maybe he might have fucked up here and there or whatever, but you know what? Overall, he was he was trying to get out of that situation. Yeah, he was hard. He really was. So, um, the forensic pathologist who testified at Stephanie's trial was like, hold up. No, 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 no. This baby and all of her injuries absolutely did not result from falling out of bed or falling from a high chair. The forensic, forensic pathologist uh, testified that the autopsy, because of course the handy dandy autopsy will show what the baby died from, baby Brianna died from cranial cerebral injuries. She had bruising and scraping injuries all over her head and on her up and all over her upper forehead. She had a total of 15 human bite marks all over her body from head to toe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. There were fatal injuries to her brain. She had bleeding within her membranes around the brain as well as around the nerves of her eyes. The autopsy also showed her skull was fractured in two places on two different bones. Now, these findings show the fractures were between five to seven days old. So it sounds like this poor baby already had experienced another night of horror or day of horror about a week before that deadly night. The bleeding in the membranes around the brain showed both old and new blood. Same with baby Brianna's optical nerves showing again old and new blood, which indicates at least two occasions where she received shaken baby syndrome. Which, it's where, like, you get the baby and you're so, like, a lot of them do... You're irritated. Yeah, they do it out of anger. Out and of they them. shake the baby like that. Yeah. And they're all... <laughs> So, yeah, like, you're getting the baby shaking it back and forth as fast as you can. Uh, and they do that. A lot of parents that are abusive like this do it, like, out of anger because the baby's crying frustrated. and they want to get them to stop. And stop? It's just something to get your frustration out, what it is. Yeah, they take their so anger out on babies. they shit out of them, you know? Now, that's not to say that who knows that the, the baby didn't get shaken baby syndrome from what they were also doing, of tossing her into the air, letting her head hit the roof and then letting her entire body hit the floor so i mean i guess that technically could have resulted in shaken baby syndrome too it could have been who really knows i mean i guarantee there's more stuff that happened than they figured on the autopsy because nobody knows yeah i mean they can say exactly what the injuries are and they can guesstimate from what what it's from yeah you don't know i mean they could have threw her hit the ceiling then hit the floor and then kicked her over to the next person here you go yeah i mean who really knows nobody does just an assumption and they're trying to get take their best guess off her injuries but it's like yeah we'll never really know there's probably could have been a lot worse it could have put her in a dryer well that's the thing is you know for all we know let her tumble the autopsy's not even done yet no now the autopsy also showed two rib fractures which would have occurred several weeks before her death that's painful baby was only five months old her whole life was a living nightmare a living hell pretty much now she also had what's called um Bucket handle fractures on both her right and left thigh bones, and I had to look to see what this what? was because I yeah I didn't know what this was. These are a result from her limbs being forced, twist, or yanked apart. Oh wow! And last but not least, both of her vagina and anus had injuries as well from the sexual abuse she was getting. That's so, fucking ridiculous. Yeah. See right there, and there, she just cut their dick off. I don't like. I don't you even know, know if like, that would seriously. stop them, <laughs> because remember, Not even stop them just to do it, just to start the process. Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to have a fucking penis. Well, I mean, considering the end of the night ended up with him with a baby wipe, with yeah, fingers. I mean, so I mean, shouldn't. They start in the morning. Yeah, I guess be, end of end of what was going on yeah. early morning. Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to have a penis if you're that fucking dumb. Well, she didn't help any either, and we've seen several uh-huh. cases where the woman isn't any better. So, of course, her death was listed as homicide. Now, I think the statement Stephanie made during the investigation really pissed me off because she's trying to deflect blame instead of actually admitting her own part in this. Well, you'll see. Watch. 
In Stephanie's interview statement on July 19, 2002, she said a couple days prior to Baby Brown's death, she saw Adam throwing the baby in the air and saw her, quote, come down, unquote. So in other words, hit the floor. Stephanie said that she told Adam, now, don't do that or you're going to hurt the child. Okay. Now, it's in this statement where Stephanie attests to the baby's injury stemming from falling off the bed a few days earlier. In this statement, she says that on July 18th, she was with Adam and Stephen in the home, had two to three beers before going to sleep around 10 p.m. When she woke at 9.45 a.m., the baby was bruised, pale, and not breathing. She states that her and Adam were worried about baby Brianna's condition, so they first called Grandma and then called 911. The call to 911 was made approximately around 10.20 a.m. She said that the bruises and other marks were not there when she went to bed. Now, that gives me a serious side eye because... Wow, what time did you see she woke up? Um, she had woke up... What time was it? Around 10.20... Or the call was made around 10.20 a.m., so the first time she woke was at 9.45. Time she was on the phone with the ground for like 20, almost three minutes? Apparently. Or state investigating the baby. I, I don't know. It doesn't say specifically. She's probably trying to come up with a story. An excuse. And cover her ass, you know, before well, she called. And the reason I get side-eye on this is because of the fact that, according to the autopsy, a lot of these bruises and everything they saw have been there for anywhere from a week to weeks, depending upon which injury you're looking at. Oh. But, oh, the baby didn't have any marks on her? Or does she didn't just like, mean any new marks that she already knows were there? Well, she's... <laughs> She probably didn't figure they could figure out how old the bruises were. Maybe. That she just woke up and, oh my God, she was in such bad condition. But she wasn't like that when I went to bed. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, she's clearly not the smartest person in the world. So to actually think she's smart enough to figure how long, oh, this bruise, they could tell this old, this bruise. She probably had no idea that could happen. Yeah. So she was trying to play it off that the baby was fine. She woke up and saw this horrific stuff all over the child. Which they found out, guess what? She's full of shit. Yeah. Um, when the medical personnel findings was brought up, she was quick to bring up Adam throwing the baby in the air, but she didn't see it on the night of July 18th. When she had witnessed the baby being thrown, she saw baby Brianna's head hit the ceiling roughly three times, and that maybe Stephen threw the baby in the air as well. Then she explained the mite marks coming from her son, 18-month-old Andy Jr., Yes, son too. Yeah, she had an 18-month-old son. Yeah, these type of people always have like three or four kids. They always have multiple kids and multiple kids. Always. For, uh, and that's actually, it's, it's, sometimes either you, you're hearing of multiple kids receiving the abuse right across, or for some reason one's born that they have so much resentment towards that the other kids are treated normal, but yet included in abusing the one kid that they have the resentment towards. Yeah, because that's what happened too. What was that little boy's name that they... Locked him in like the cabinet and shot him with BB guns and shit. And Gabriel Hernandez or Fernandez? Hernandez, yeah, I think. It was Fernandez, actually. I take that back. I have him in here too, as as part of our Angel Baby. But like series. the other kids didn't get treated like that little. For some reason, that little Gabriel, they didn't like him or. Well, you saw the one that I just read before this of the baby getting murdered by the the sister because yeah. the stepdad oh, told. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always so many different instances of child abuse and. Yeah, because the other kids shocking. felt bad for that Gabriel, how yeah. he was treated, and they knew they weren't treated that way for some reason. It was just yeah. him, for just whatever reason. Terrible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let me see here. Three times in the air. Oh, Andy Jr. That's where I was. Sorry. Oh yeah. Police, of course, interviewed um, Andy too. Not Andy Jr., but Andy, the the father. And he admitting to throwing the baby, but that it was four days before her death. And that the night of the death, he did throw her about two to three times, and her head did hit the ceiling. He also stated that Stephen threw her in the air as well. Adam recounted the night of July 18th. He said that he got off of work at 5 p.m. and arrived home around 6 p.m., then picked up Stephen sometime around 8 p.m. from work, and they bought a case of beer. He stated they got home and spent the rest of the night in the room with Stephanie, baby Brianna, and Annie Jr. He said he went to sleep between 12.30 and 1 a.m., then checked the baby at 3 a.m. He then got up at 7 a.m. and played with baby Brianna, gave her a blanket, and changed her diaper. 
Yeah, except um, from what we know from earlier, that's not how you play with a baby jerk. Well, not even that, but what's funny is, did they ever determine when she actually died? Because I know they pronounced her dead at the hospital because they tried to revive her, resuscitate, whatever. But usually they could tell you what the time of death was based on, like, the body temperature. Yeah. Like, how long she had been dead. Well, we know that she was up at 7 a.m. Well, that's what they've shown. They you know, at 7 a.m., they woke up, apparently. She was up, and that's when he did the last little molestation of her, and she shortly passed after that. So I'm assuming, and again, I'm not sure because I didn't say anything specific, but I'm assuming between 7 a.m. and 9.45, but um, he said when he woke up again at 10 a.m., that's when he and Stephanie found the baby not breathing and called 911. Adam admitted only to the baby falling off the bed and causing two of the bite marks on her ribs after previously blaming 18-month-old Andy Jr. Now, after taking a break, the interrogation continued with the police informing Adam that baby Brianna was dead. So he didn't even know at this point while he was confessing what he was confessing that the baby was even dead. Yeah. So now at this point, he knows she's dead. This is when Adam continued again with um, that he was throwing baby Brianna four days previous. He attempts to show remorse by stating, I didn't mean for it to leave a bruise like that. Like, I left her a bruise like that before from messing with her. What a guy. And her mother gets mad. So, so far, it seems like everything that he said has collaborated what Stephanie says. Like, he, it seems like he that. takes most of the blame for what's going on. I think what bugs me more about her is she doesn't admit to her own anger. I, like, from the, the interrogation that I saw of her, she doesn't admit to her own anger of her own biting her, which her mother witnessed. And it's like, you know, you were he wasn't the only one abusing, so were you. But then, like, why did the mother, like, step in? The, because she was, Oh, well, according to remember what she said is, oh, she felt it wasn't her place. You know, even if it's not your place, like, if I were to see a kid being abused in the parking lot at, you know, Smith's, I'm not to say, oh, you know what, I don't know these people, it's not really my place. I'm Honestly, sorry, I'm that makes me wonder if, if she felt like her own guilt because maybe she did things similar to Stephanie when she was younger. Kind of like, yeah, she like it, that's scary. normal for them, so they thought... Yeah, but... I don't know. You know right from wrong, like... For example, if I, like, beat the hell out of you, Damien, would you think that's okay to do to your kids, or would you be like, damn, I'm never going to be like my dad? Uh, second. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't want to be like me if I was that kind of person. And I mean, that's not to say everybody. Obviously, there are a lot of, um, I'm not going to say, there are a handful out of these abuse victims that end up being so traumatized that they end up continuing the abuse with their own family. A lot of them, because we've seen things like that when it came to even like Marilyn Manson, or not Marilyn Manson, I'm Marilyn Manson. Wow, Charles Manson. What did you get Marilyn Manson? I don't know. Like Charles Manson, according to his childhood, same thing, was abused, neglected, and that took such a toll on him that look at what he ended up doing. Or Ed Gein's. Like there's so many instances, if you look at all these murders, a lot of them, they were abused as children. And the trauma is so sufficient that it carries on through them. But one thing that I was listening to on one of my favorite podcasts was that apparently they have found a lot of this stems from their own um, brain damage, I guess the frontal lobes. A lot of these people that end up murdering like this or being abusive like this at some point in their own childhood or when they were young... Um, had their own brain damage to their frontal lobes, causing them to act this way. Uh. And I was noticing, like, when I listened to this podcast, almost every single one of them that I'm listening to, frontal lobe damage, frontal lobe damage. And I'm like, wow. They need to come up with a pill for that. What? You got a pill for everything else. Right? <laughs> oh. You got frontal lobe damage? Here, take this. So that means no more falling or running into things... That's hard. We don't want to, yeah, we don't want to worry about you and your front, frontal lobe damage causing You probably ruckus. have it from when you ran into the tailgate that day. Oh, I know. Well, when you ran in. I hit my head on a metal bar because I didn't see it. Like, <laughs> your forehead literally had a fucking dent yeah, in it. Yeah, like, you were running it was around. Stuck, it was sunk in. And oh, wow. you ran right into the tailgate of the truck. Your dad was telling you, you know, don't be running you around. 
and you weren't listening and running, 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 and boom. Yeah, full speed right into it, dude. Because I told you guys, don't be running back here because the tailgate's down. And you ran right into it. You guys don't listen, and here you come rearing around the corner, and boom. He was freaking out, but no, it, like, it was fine. It healed completely fine, and... Just that one time where my thumb actually got caught in the door and just, like, closed completely. Yeah, you really, like... And somehow it's actually not broken. Yeah. Oh, when I closed the door on your hand, yeah, and the it, doors were locked? Mm-hmm, that sucked. Yeah. Well, what's crazy good. about that is, like, I had... Broken. Well, no, he accidentally did that to you. I had that accidentally done to me, exact same way my mom when I was little. Of course. We had the, my, my um, great-grandpa station wagon that she had just gotten, and getting ready for school, went, same thing, slammed the car door, my fingers were stuck in there. But same thing, because my fingers were so small, it like it hurt, but it was enough not to break them or really injure them. Sweet. Needless to say, I got to call into school that day. <laughs> No, those ones we were getting pizza. We were getting the pizza out. I remember from where I That's was from you. Office. I'm talking about me. Yeah, I got... I oh. <laughs> from me. Tell you. Uh, well, you know us. We're, we're injury promises, all of us. <laughs> How come your foot ain't broken yet? We always accidentally... I don't know. I know. I don't know. I'm going to try and give you a hug. So, um, he then proceeds to admit that him and Steven were playing a little rough throwing her in the air hitting the ceiling and then allowing her to hit the floor when he missed her Adam identified one bruise on a photo as being caused when she hit the ceiling and another from when she landed on the floor he also took credit for various bite marks he had made Adam stated that baby Brianna cried when she hit the floor yeah. I, I know some of these things that they say you're like really Investigators asked what he did to calm her down. His response? Oh, I just kept throwing her in the air. What? Yeah, that always helps. Yeah, she's already, you know, screaming, frightened. You know, something bad happens to me, I start jumping up and down. And it's amazing it goes away. Right? Absolutely amazing. I mean, I know, I've I've heard of the response, you know, get up, put some dirt on it, walk it off. But this is the epitome of that. I'm like, seriously, come on now. Here, let's just throw you in there again. You'll get used to it. Uh, no. So, this poor angel already has shaken baby syndrome. And his solution, of course, is to keep at it. Adam is then shown a photo of the baby's anus. This is when Adam becomes very upset and profane, telling the police that they were not going to find any semen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not at all, huh? Adam stated that he cleaned her butt with a baby wipe, wrapped the baby wipe around his left index finger, and put the wrapped finger into her anus, up to his second knuckle at the middle of his finger. And that's when he took it out. There was a little bit of blood on there. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He then stated that Stephanie would sometimes get mad at the baby and would pinch her ears and would physically throw her into her bouncy seat from a two-feet distance. He confessed that Stephanie asked him about the bruises, and he told her that he had been playing rough with her. Now, Stephen was interviewed as well, the uncle, the twin brother of Stephanie. I thought it was the twin brother of Andy. No, 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 I'm sorry, maybe I misspoke, Um, but this is Stephanie's twin brother, Um. so Andy's um, brother-in-law. After he was read his Miranda rights, Stephen's initial statement stating on the night of July 18th, he was in the bedroom playing video games with Stephanie and Adam. He said that Robert Walters came home with a friend and stayed in a room both drinking beer. Now, I don't, I'm not sure. I couldn't find who Robert Walters was. Yeah. I'm sure I probably read it at some point, but I couldn't find it again. Um, I'm assuming maybe somebody... um, Related to Adam or something like that? Because isn't his last name Walters? I honestly don't know. On that, I'm that one. I'm not sure, but that, that's, that's what the the court document said. That he said that um, Robert Walters came home with beer. Or I'm sorry, came home with a friend and stayed in a room both drinking beer. Stephen said that Stephanie had actually about four to five beers. He said that nothing happened that night, and they went to bed around two a.m. 
but in a follow-up statement, he admitted to throwing baby Brianna in the air one time when she hit her head on the ceiling. When police confronted Stephen with admissions made by Adam, he stated that Adam had in fact threw the baby in the air so that she would hit her head on the ceiling and then allowed her to fall to the floor. When shown the pictures of the baby's anus, he initially denied having touched her, stating, oh, I didn't do nothing like that. When pressed further, his response changed to, I can't remember. I don't remember. Now, those are actually typical statements of somebody who's narcissistic. They automatically, when being confronted with something, will say, oh, I don't remember that. Maybe that happened, but I don't remember, as if that actually changes the fact that it happened. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just one moment. I'm opening the window. It's kind of hot in here. Just a bit. Yeah, I'm burning up. (laughs) All right, so... um, I hate this room in summer. I know. He then uh, began to talk about how much he drank and that he couldn't remember starting a sex act with baby Brianna. But he did remember stopping because he realized what he was doing was wrong. Wait, how can he remember doing Starting but stopping, I know. He doesn't remember beginning it, but he remembers ending it because it was wrong. What? Yeah. Wow, you didn't know that at first. That's amazing. Apparently, you're able to begin something... Or end something without actually beginning it. It's like, oh, I thought it'd be okay, but I guess not. Yeah. What the hell you made you think that could be a possibly a decent idea? I have no idea. I tell you these, these statements. So, in September of 2003, Stephanie Lopez, a.k.a. Mommy Dearest, Andy Walters, a.k.a. Daddy Death, and Stephen Lopez, a.k.a. Uncle Pervert, were convicted of baby Brianna's death. The uncle was convicted of intentional child abuse resulting in death, conspiracy to commit child abuse resulting in death, and first-degree criminal sexual penetration. He was sentenced to 57 years in prison. Yeah. So, I mean, at least it feels a little bit of justice is done there. I mean, I think there a lot could have been done worse, but... Well, you know he had it bad on the insides. I know everyone's after him I actually him try to look up to see if, because a lot of times we'll get reports of, oh, this yeah. happened to this person. I tried looking. I didn't find anything. I was hoping I would find something. positive custody. Yeah, maybe. But you know what? But I've positive heard, everybody in there would have gotten him. I've heard, I don't know how true it is, though, they say the people in protective custody, like, they clear the halls and stuff so they can walk through, you know what I mean? But if it's something like this kind of situation, sometimes the guards... They'll accidentally leave a door open or something. So these people protective because he's some very general population could just come in and just let him have it. I really don't see a problem. I honestly would have hoped at this point that some. I I really did. I wanted to find an article. I tried. I looked so hard about something happening to them, but it may be going on. But they're not gonna. They may not be even reporting it yet. Maybe because they're like you know they deserve it. They're not even reporting it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no. They're just letting them get the shit beat out of them or raped or whatever. And I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Brianna's father was convicted of intentional child abuse, conspiracy to commit child abuse resulting in death, first degree criminal sexual penetration, and two counts of child abuse. He was sentenced to 63 years in prison. See, I don't get that. Where the hell do these numbers come from? <laughs> Like They're three. so random. They all got the same charges, but they got different times. Well, no, he had an additional two counts of child abuse. But why 63? I'm not sure. And a lot of it has to do with, two whatever the maximum is. It has to do with the jury and what their recommendation is. So every trial is different. Uh-huh. And the thing is, is everything that I'm going on is just based off the transcripts of Stephanie's trial. I probably could have made this, like, even much more longer if I had opened up Adam's trial or if I had opened up Stephen's trial, because those were there, too. And it's kind of weird, too, they they all went to trial separately, because sometimes they'll send them all to trial together. Yeah. For something like this, but it's kind of weird they all went separate. Well, usually the lawyer will fight for a separate trial, so that way they're able to testify against one another and be able to get... So it's usually something that the lawyers fight for um, for their client. I gotcha. So, um, Stephanie, let me see here. 
You need to be a lawyer, Miss Yeah. The mom, she was convicted of negligent child abuse resulting in death and child abuse. Damn. Now, she was sentenced to 27 years. Wait, whose mom is this? Is it Stephanie's mom? Steph- no, Stephanie. Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie. The, okay. the mom of baby Brianna. Okay, I, didn't know. I thought it was like maybe her mom or something. But yeah, okay. no. Gotcha. But um, she was also, so, so she was sentenced to 27 years um, in prison plus two years parole. Why would you even give someone like that parole? Oh, she'll be out in like 10 years, 12 years. She'll be out. <laughs> Actually. So her sentence came down to her pretty much not doing anything to stop the repeated rape and abuse of baby Brianna because both Adam and Stephen pretty much corroborated her testimony that she wasn't involved that night. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think while she may have not be included that night, the fact that she had so many bite marks on her from before, she should have uh, gotten a lot more. But, yeah, you know, not up to me. So, um, Stephanie, she's already been released. Of course. She was, re- she was released September of 2016 after only serving 13 years due to good time being a factor. Uh-huh. She did her two years parole in a different undisclosed state. An inmate who served time with Stephanie opened up about uh, the time she spent with her. Um, this inmate, her name was Maria Perez, was sentenced to five years on a drug conviction and served with Stephanie at the New Mexico Correction Facility in Grants. And Maria said that Stephanie was quiet, never causing any problems. Maria, who became a clerk to the prisoner's chaplain, so the little church they have there, yeah. said that Stephanie would come and visit frequently. Maria said, quote, she would come from time to time requesting prayer, whether it was for court, her family, or for herself. I told her that God still loves her no matter what, and the repentance is always available. I've always told her that, end quote. So Maria said that Stephanie was well-liked and rarely had any issues with other inmates. She said everyone was cool with Stephanie and that she had plenty of friends, if that's what you want to call them. Makes me wonder, like, did they not know? They must not have. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to say, but usually the, they yeah. find that kind of shit out. Well, and this was a huge case. For, you know? It's not like this was some little unknown case. This was yeah. huge. Not not even just locally huge. This was huge nationwide. But truth be told, I don't know much about women's prisons. Because usually when you hear stories like, oh, the inmates get a hold of it, it's usually men prisons. I would think women but, would be even more pissed, though. I know. I'm sure it's happened in women's prisons. But I can't say as to why nobody or why nobody got in a hold of her like that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. obviously she was not, you know, secluded from anybody if she had these friends. I don't know. I just, I, I honestly kind of found this little testimony from Maria kind of shocking because I'm like, so she's mm. friends with everybody. Nobody actually took it out on her, but what she did, like, I know I would have been pissed. But it might be one of those prisons that has like protective custody, like the PC, and they're allowed around each other, you know, with all the rats and snitches and all that. Okay. They're all allowed to, you know, be together and they can. Have their own, they have their own little separate thing going on, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I don't know. Still, don't though, know. I'm just like, uh, that, that shocked me. And maybe that's what happened, you know. I don't know, but... Yeah. That is kind of odd that nobody attacked her. She had no problems. She had actual friends. Yeah, that she had friends. That Well, that's I mean, like obviously, so it's not technically friends in prison, but what, I mean, well, what you would call them, whatever. yeah. I mean, they're people you hang out with. So, Maria concluded saying, My wish for her is that she had found something in her spirit that would lead her to be the best she can be and most of all find repentance. Now, I did find another article stating that Stephanie was paroled to Plainview, Texas. Well, because in that article it said that she was disclosed, uh, that it was undisclosed location that she was being paroled to. Because obviously they don't want to disclose where she's being paroled to, so that way people don't go after her once she's out of prison. Give her some real justice. Yeah. But um, Plainview, Texas had their own news article once they found out that she was being paroled over there, and they're the ones who were like, uh uh-uh. uh. 
So um, they had their own growing number of residents set to let her know she wasn't welcome there. Not that she would really be welcome anywhere that I would think. Right. Anyways. I mean, anywhere I would think would be, I would feel should be dangerous for her considering what she did. Or even allowed to do. Even if she didn't take part in that night, everything that led up to that night was just as bad. Yeah. I mean, that's just as bad as doing it. You didn't do anything to stop it. No. Now, um, these residents, they created a group not to promote violence against Stephanie, but to serve as a voice for baby Brianna. Stephanie was was set to stay outside city limits, be under close supervision and be required to wear a GPS around her ankle. Um, Now, during this whole situation, right after um, baby Brianna's death, baby Brianna's law was created, requiring mandatory life sentences for intentional acts of child abuse and neglect that resulted in death of a child. Now, at first, it was under the age of 12, and it was later changed to remove the age restriction. So this way, no matter the child, mandatory life sentence. That's good. So at least something good came out of her tragedy. But the other side of the coin, as they say, life still happens. But if you get just a life sentence, you're out in 25 years. You get out. See, that makes no sense to me. It's not life then. Oh, without parole. Yeah. Yeah, if you get life without the possibility of parole, then... That's you stay in prison the rest of your natural life. But if you just get a life sentence, that's actually 25 years, and you are eligible for parole. I'm going to have to look into that, because I saw that it said mandatory life sentences, but I didn't see if it said anything about parole or not. Yeah, because usually they they specify that. You're going to do life without the possibility of parole, because a life sentence, you can get parole. Yeah. I'll have to look into well, that. I'll, I'll look it up real quick and see if I'm right or not. I'm positive I am, though. Or right, even look up, um, does baby, oh, does uh, Brianna's law include the possibility of parole? Oh, I'm sorry. A life sentence is any type of imprisonment where a defendant is required to remain in prison for all of their natural life or until parole. So how long is a life sentence? In most of the United States, a life sentence means a person in prison for 15 years with the chance of parole. Oh, wow. 15 years? 15 years. But looking specifically at New Mexico or something else, let's see. This one says it could be 30 years, but... Let's see. So it doesn't have like an actual... It, it does vary by state. Oh, okay. okay. It right. does vary by state. Okay. Well, I mean, regardless, so, I mean, like I said, it, it's great that something good came out of it. It's still extremely unfortunate that it caused her life in order to make a change. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, that, it's... I don't even know, like, that whole family, like, the mom shouldn't, I mean, I'm sure there's other people that knew. Yeah, apparently. The, yeah, I'm certain of it. There's and no nobody spoke have. up. There's such a stigma of people not wanting to get involved in other people's business, which I get to a degree. When it comes to most things, I won't get involved in other people's business. That's but all. when it comes to abuse of a child like that or certain things domestic violence you better bet your damn ass I'm gonna get involved that's like me I don't get involved in anybody's bullshit straight up I don't and the only issue I have with what you just said right there the domestic violence the thing I don't agree with about that that I don't like is I've seen it several times in my own family I'm not gonna name names but in my own family where we stood up trying to help her out oh I know you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. she was getting the shit beat out of her. Mm-hmm. We get into it with the other person, yep. beat the living shit out of him, and then three days later, you're We're the, the bad, bad guy. People. Mm-hmm. Because right. now they're back together, all lovey dovey. Yeah. And you're the bad guy because you beat him up for beating her up. Or remember what well, I was that told? Work? Oh, exactly. I, well, I was told, and it was the same night, exactly. mind you. Oh well, you just don't understand what it means to uh, how it feels to be loved so deeply like that. So in other words. This guy loved her so deeply 
that being loved that deeply means getting your ass beat, apparently. What? Yeah. This doesn't make any yeah, sense. I've seen it several times. Yeah, it's I mean, amazing. I've seen it happen when I was even younger. I think I was like 16. You know, and he pretty much knocked her out with one punch. And then we all ran outside, and it was a big old thing. And then they got back together, like, a day later. And then all of a sudden, oh, you know what? You don't mind your own business, and I, we were the bad people. Yeah. For helping her out and getting him off of her. And giving him a little taste of his own medicine. Well, that just seems to be story of our life, which we is why we don't, people. like, seem we distance you know? ourselves a lot yeah. from everybody, and we just hang out with each other anymore because... It's not worth it. No, because all of a sudden they're causing all kinds of drama, and people we try to be the good guys and, and, you know, yeah, help out, and then all of a sudden we're the bad guys. Oh, yeah, remember which, that one night even in the parking lot? Mm-hmm. At the apartment? I remember. Like, really? She went running after him. Because mm-hmm. he got the shit beat out of him. You know? Because we well, literally drove up in the parking lot. And I'm in the trunk getting something. And your Irene starts yelling. She's like, oh my god. And I didn't see it. But apparently this, this guy girl. and girl were arguing. Yeah. And all I saw was legs sticking out of a bush. Yeah, this guy was apparently beating this he girl. he beat her up. Threw her in the fucking bush. Oh, so wow. daddy and this other guy go to go help. Yeah, you help know, her help her out. out you know? Because she's getting her ass beat. And this other guy's girlfriend goes running after this guy, all pissed off because he's helping her out, sitting there saying, I don't know why you're helping her out. You do the same thing to me. Well, it was stupid because we went and told that guy off or whatever. Mm. And she comes and starts backing him up. What? Like, you guys are going to... Why are you picking on him? Like, she's getting mad at us. What? Yeah, and then her... Well, him and... The person I was with, they actually got into a physical altercation a little bit. And the guy got beat up a little bit. He, mm-hmm. I don't know if he got embarrassed or what, but he took off running across the street. She literally yelled a couple things at us like we were the bad people and took off running after him. Yeah. What? And, and then, like, what? And then for the help. guy that he's with, his own girlfriend, so our friend's girlfriend, also got told off by his girlfriend because the fact that apparently he beat her too and she didn't find it right that he was defending some other girl when he beat her too so instead of like being like at least he's defending somebody even though i'm getting beat why are you beating her when i get beat too or why are you defending her when i get beat too you're acting like it's wrong basically what he what happened i'll explain to you a different way okay the guy I was with, right, his girlfriend was mad at him because she got abused at home. So she's like, well, why are you standing up for this girl and you beat me at home? As you if, think it's you know, okay for you to beat me, but when another woman's beat, that's not okay. But it's okay to beat me. But that's, that's not how she, she put mad. it, though. That's not even how she put it. She put it as if he shouldn't be helping her. Yeah, because like he as does if the same shit. That because she gets beat, everybody should be beat. And it was, like, so stupid. Oh. So that caused a whole other problem. So because that was later on that we found out about the whole... That that happened in our apartment. That she's like, oh, I don't understand what it is to be loved. Yeah, that deeply. Because like, apparently, you know, being beat means you're being loved deeply. Yeah. Right. I just, it was it, it was dumb. Because, like I said, that girl was crying for help. She got help. And then... She gets mad. She gets mad because the guy got his ass kind of beat. Takes off running after him. And I mean, I don't know exactly what have been better. I mean, I thought helping her would have been better. Maybe she would have gotten a chance to get away from him. But if she's over there following him, now she's really going to go follow him, get her ass beat even more because... Because he already got beat up or whatever, and now he's going to be more pissed. It's just... Yeah. It's stupid. That's why I say the whole domestic violence thing, I'm like... Regardless, when it comes to that, I will step in. I don't care. I'm going to step in. It's just... It's one of those things you're taking a chance that... If you don't mind being the bad guy, go for it. But more often than not, you're going to be the bad guy for helping. Yeah, they get that's mad that at you. Sense. It doesn't make sense, you, but that's the way it's going to be. You'll find I'll out one day and you're going to... Like, it, it kind of hurts your feelings because you're like, I was doing something good and yeah. you get ostracized for it. Yeah, so... I mean, if you ever put in that situation, just be aware that that's more than likely what's going to happen. You're going to be the bad guy. But that still doesn't make any I, sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I want you I to mean, know, 
it's always better to be the bad guy and stand up. Yeah. I want you Just to be the one to stand up. I don't want you personal. to put yourself in danger. <laughs> by any means, obviously, I don't want you to put yourself yeah. in danger. But if you have the opportunity to stand up, stand up. Yeah, but just know that you know what even if they say you're the bad guy dude it doesn't matter it's whatever they're just stupid yeah because in all reality you did the right thing mm-hmm. and you know what if people can't accept that fuck them yep as long as you did the right thing fuck them that's all you that matters I mean? yeah if they don't like it hey tough fucking shit and we've told you countless yeah. times you know we will always support you we know you have a good head on your shoulders and we know you'll make the right decision when it comes to it most things actually not even just that because I know you have a really good heart but you know now I know that was a lot of evil and destruction for one evening uh, one evening I'm actually gonna stop there with baby Brianna I had a lot of sidetrack (laughs) and we will pick up um, with the next set of angel babies on the next episode now there are a lot of resources out there and groups that advocate against child abuse one is a local biker group called Guardians of the Children Rio Grande Chapter. They will actually go with these victims to court to show them they have protection against their abusers. So these they go with the kids to court and they stand there pretty much to be kind of like an intimidation tactic against the abuser so the abuser doesn't intimidate the victim, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. I find it funny. It is. We have all these bikers come up and be like, you know what? I have protection now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, now, you can actually find more about this group um, at guardiansofthechildren.com. They do have local chapters throughout the U.S. and Canada. And the Rio Grande chapter is actually having their 8th annual Family Fun Day on May 8th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. This event is free. And it's a grub-and-go style, so you can drive through for hot dogs, chips, drinks, toys, prizes, and raffle tickets for several bicycles that will be given away via a live Facebook drawing. I'm hungry now. <laughs> so everybody go check it out, and maybe we get a chance we'll get to go too. Yeah, maybe. Let's see if I'm here. <laughs> May 8th. Well, that's all for tonight. Good night, Midnight Fam. Hasta la when you Bye. Bye.